0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus.
1: Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat. To Michael Bumpus who bounces off of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus. And the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
0: Now, here's your host, NASA Chobi. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. This time, the preview edition as the Seahawks head into week 17, looking to get back on track as they've lost five of their last six games. But right now, none of that matters because it's playoff football. It's real simple. The Seahawks got to go out strong this season, winning two of their last games to get into the playoffs and a little bit of help. So it should be fun as the Hawks return back to Lumen Field to take on the New York Jets. What's on tap these jets bump seven and eight third place in the AFC East this season. They've lost to the Baltimore Ravens, the Bengals, the Patriots twice, the Vikings, the Bills, the Lions, and the Jags, man, they're having kind of a similar season to the Seahawks bump. The more I dive into this thing, both teams are seven and eight. They had a four game win streak at one point. At one point, they were six and three flying high. Things were good. And they have lost five of their last six games. The big difference, though, unlike the Seahawks, the Jets have had QB issues galore all season long. Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, Chris Streveler have all seen gang action this year. So when you look at this matchup, both teams need to win this game to get into the postseason. They're kind of right in that same mode as win right now to get in the playoffs. So it should be a fun matchup. But as similar as they are record-wise and what's happened to them this year, Bump, they're very different teams in terms of offensive defense, how things have really played out.
1: Yeah, for sure. These are the, uh, what do you call that? Parallel universe. You got the NFC and the AFC. These are the teams that resemble each other. They both have pretty good drafts. They both have rookies playing well. Um, But when you come to the specifics of each team, they are a bit different. So I'm looking forward to see one. Can the Hawks continue what they did last week against the chiefs when it comes to the defense, right? You're one of against the best offense in the land. Can you repeat that performance against an offense that's struggling at quarterback, doesn't have their running back, has some receiver at the wide out spot, but should be a team that you should handle. So I'm excited, man. It's an opportunity another, another championship opportunity as yep. Pete Carroll likes to say, let's go get it.
0: No, absolutely. Let's, let's take a look back at their game last week. It's been a little bit since they played, they played on Thursday night football, took on the Jaguars. And man, it was rough for them boys out there, man. They lost to the Jags nineteen to three. The Jets only got points really because on the first drive of the game, the Jaguars fumbled, giving the Jets the ball on the Jacksonville sixteen yard line. And even on this scoring drive bump, the Jets had negative yardage, lost three yards, but were already in field Crazy. range. Kicked that thing through, <laughs> and then from that point, it was it was all Jackson. There nineteen unanswered points. When you look at their depth, the drive chart after that first one, it's punt, 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 interception, punt, punt, downs, fumble, downs. So. Was not a good day at the office. Granted, the Jaguars are actually playing some pretty good football right now. But it was not a good game. Zach Wilson was benched in the second half after he went 9 of 18 for 92 yards. One interception was sacked three times. Chris Treveller came in. He didn't do much better. He did lead the team in rushing. And the Jags were able to capitalize on two turnovers that dominated time of possession. <laughs> News this week that Robert Sala came out and said, Hey, Mike White, you're back at it. Those ribs are good to go. He will start against the Seahawks this week. Joe Flacco will be the backup, so that means Zach Wilson is not even going to be active this week. Jets are still fighting for the playoff lives, as I mentioned, but need to win out and need the Patriots to lose one of their last two games. So, Bump, when you look at this head-to-head, what have you seen from these guys?
1: Well, let me say this is the last we've seen of Zach Wilson as a starter for the Jets. It's a wrap. We're going to move more from that situation. <laughs> okay, calling it um, now. Calling it now. I'm calling it now. It's a wrap for that dude. He'll get an opportunity a few years down the road somewhere else. Uh, but head-to-head, man, you look at these two teams, they're both 7 and 8. Um, when it comes to their offense, the Hawks are ranked 13th. The Jets are ranked 21st. When it comes to running the ball, the Hawks are 21st. They are 24th. Passing the ball, the Hawks are 11th. The Jets are 14th. In points per game, the Hawks are ninth, and the Jets are 25th, averaging 18.9 points per game. When you come to the defense, this is where it starts to change a little bit. The Jets are number three overall, mm. allowing 309 yards per game. That number kind of surprised me a bit. They're 11th against the run, uh, fifth against the pass, and fourth when it comes to points allowed. On paper, this is a better defense, the Jets, than the Seahawks. We already know about the corner matchup. We'll talk about that later. Tariq Woolen and Sauce Garner. The Jets have three pro bowlers on defense. The Hawks have two pro bowlers on defense. Again, like I said, parallel universe. These teams are so similar. You look at the numbers, there's some disparity there. But when you break it all down, they are similar. The Hawks have 11 interceptions. The Jets have 12. When it comes to the turnover differential, the Hawks are even at zero, tied for 13, And the Jets are 26 with minus four.
0: Yeah, we need some more of that. The Seahawks were so ahead in that category. This have not been able to take away the football in recent weeks. So open those Seahawks can get on that because they're going to need it. Take advantage of Mike White coming back in this game. See if they can cause some turnovers. But the Seahawks and Jets do have a little bit of history. Not as much as the teams we just played recently, but they do. So let's know the history. Know your history. Seahawks lead the all-time series 12-8, winning the last four matchups after losing the previous five. The last meeting was an absolute beat down bump at Lumenfield, 40 to three during that COVID season. Jets got on the board first with a field goal in the opening possession, but from there on out, it was all Seahawks. Seahawks scored 40 unanswered points, including five touchdowns. This was a laugher from early on. Russell Wilson went 21 to 27, 206 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Everyone kind of got involved. He had nine players catching passes, four different receivers catching touchdowns. The Hawks were up enough that Geno Smith even got in the ball game. He went four or five for thirty-three yards, and this was a game where Jamal Adams set the NFL record for most sacks in a single season by a defensive back against his former team. I cannot wait to see that man back in action, especially because Seahawks fans forget that that's what he can add to this game. I know, you know, everyone's judgment of him being here has been clouded by him not playing and him being hurt and whatnot, and you know, being in a role that might not have suited him at times this year. But the man is electric. There's a reason the Seahawks got him. He set a record for sacks for defensive back. So I really miss that dude, Jamal. I know he's rehabbing. He was at the facility a couple weeks ago, so it's good to check in and see him. So can't wait till he's back doing that thing, causing havoc. And hopefully he can, you know, give us some of that good energy as we head into this game with the Jets. But before we do that, let's check on what's going on in the NFC West. What's the word?
1: Put my soldiers at? What's the my- And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the
0: word in the
1: West on Hawk Talk? Things remain the same. San Fran's at top of the division 11 and four. The only team over 500. The Hawks are seven and eight. Cardinals five and 10. And the Rams are four and 11. Now last week we had the Broncos versus the Rams. Don't feel good rooting for a division rival, but that's exactly what you needed to go down. Both of these teams, the Rams and the Broncos, entered this game at four and ten. But uh, no one was ready for what happened <laughs> no. during this game. The Rams got her done. 51 to 14. They beat down the Broncos. Russell Wilson, he was picked off twice, once by his former teammate Bobby Wagner. Pass. Oh my god, the center's.
0: former teammates, they're great pals, but I'm not sure they are at the moment as far as Russell Wilson's concerned because Bobby Wagner jumps right in front of Dulcich and comes away with the pick. Wow, what a start
1: for the Rams and their defense. right now. Go ahead and watch right there. He tries to look off, and Bobby Wagner doesn't buy the look to the right. Yeah, man, uh, Bobby seems to reserve his best games for... Teams he used to play for and guys he used to play with, apparently, because yeah. he tore it up against the Seahawks. And obviously, he gets a pick right here against Russell Wilson. And Wilson had a horrible day, man 15 and 27, 214, one touchdown, and three interceptions. He was sacked six times. One of the bright spots for the Broncos, though, was uh, Jerry Jody. He had six receptions for 117. And Sean McVay has Baker Mayfield playing some decent football in three games. On Sunday, Mayfield was 24, 28, 230, two touchdowns in. Zero interceptions. Cam Aker also had, Aker, sorry, also had a game. He had 118 on 23 carries and three touchdowns. But most importantly, the loss keeps the Seahawks in the number three draft position for next April. Broncos, keep doing what you're doing. On other news, the Broncos let go of Nathaniel Hackett on Monday after a four and 11 start. You don't wish bad on any of these guys, but you kind of felt this coming. And it's just crazy to see where the Broncos are now. To oppose to six months ago when this trade went down and they thought they were Super Bowl bound. Football has a way of humbling people real quickly.
0: No question. It's the National Football League. Everybody gets paid, but it's really interesting to see, especially being in this building when that trade did go down and just what people were saying about Pete Carroll, what people were saying about this organization and what they decided to do and how could they do that. And the Broncos were going to be Super Bowl champs. They're one quarterback away, all this stuff. And before you know it, Life comes at you fast. It turns out Pete Carroll, John Schneider, everyone in this organization does indeed know what they're doing, and uh, yeah, man, life comes at you fast. You know, uh, it sucks for Nathaniel Hackett. I know Brian Walters, who's on our pre and post game show from time to time. He played under him in Jacksonville. He speaks really highly of Nathaniel. Loves Hackett. Him. But you know, it was what it was. You know, four and eleven. It it didn't end well. But uh, right now, it's about the Seahawks and they're. They're doing their thing. I want that draft pick bump, so I feel good about that. Um, Bucks, cardinals Cardinals' horrible season continued on Christmas Day. Blue a 16-6 lead. lost to the Bucs in overtime. We don't need to spend much time talking about that because we need to spend time talking about this playoff picture bump. All right, man. It's simple. Here's what it is. The Seahawks, they're on the outside looking in right now in that eighth seed. Here's what they got to do. They got to win out, so they got to beat the Jets, beat the Rams. Then they need the commanders to lose to either Cleveland or Dallas at home and then a Green Bay to lose one of its final two games to Minnesota or Detroit. Seahawks have the tiebreaker over Detroit. They also have the tiebreaker over the Giants, but that's irrelevant because the Giants tie, so that kind of negated that. So it's pretty simple. Seahawks got to take care of business and win those games, and they need Washington and Green Bay to lose one of two games, which is very simple, Uh, something I think that can legitimately happen. Washington announced today they're starting Carson
1: Wentz but. Carson wins.
0: So he's back. I, you know, I, I think that's a good thing for Seahawks fans.
1: I don't know. I think it is. I have a, I have I a good vibe
0: about that. You know, the Browns, who knows what they're going to do in Dallas. I'm hoping they have something to play for in the last week. Even if they don't have something to play for, because Philly's already clinched the division. I don't think it matters much because I don't know if Dallas is going to rest guys, because I don't think they're at that point they want to have, you know, be playing well into the playoffs. So we'll see. But if you look at the remaining schedule for the rest of the teams, Giants taking on Indy and Philly. Like I said, Washington taking on Cleveland and Dallas. Detroit taking on Chicago and Green Bay. Green Bay taking on Minnesota and Detroit. The one thing, Bump, that does make me nervous, I'm hoping everything, all the stars align this weekend. The Seahawks win. Washington and Green Bay lose this week. So we get that out of the way. And then week 18 is just win and you're in for the Seahawks. What does scare me if it doesn't get there, if you're depending on. Green Bay to lose to Detroit at home in week 18 with a chance to go to the playoffs. That's what yeah. scares me. Cause I have no faith just from history and everything going on that Detroit can go into Lambeau in a win in your end situation and get that done in the cold. So that one scares me. I'm not saying it can't happen because Dan Campbell has them boys playing well. I'm just saying that one scares me, but I, I feel good about the Seahawks chances. What do you think?
1: Nah, I feel you. That's the one game that scares me because you still got Aaron Rodgers. Yep. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you put it, Aaron Rodgers, when he has an opportunity um, to make something happen, more than likely he does. He's a future Hall of Famer, one of the best play of the game, four-time MVP. He's looking at the Detroit Lions like, all right, let's get it. So hopefully he doesn't get to that. If he does get to that, then uh, we'll be nervous. But Hawks just take care of business, right? You do what you have to do and then uh, control the things you can yep. control, right? The cliche that's out there. So, yeah, man, I, I'll be nervous too. But uh, this Hawks, man take care of business, and then let the rest just happen.
0: Yeah, and the one thing, Seahawks fans, that'll be interesting is Washington is playing in the 10 a.m. window on Sunday, so everyone will be able to listen to that. If you're listening on the radio on Sunday, you can hear Curtis Rogers giving you guys updates on that. But that game we're going to be watching for, for sure. Green Bay plays at 125 while the Seahawks are playing, so we will... Keep you guys posted throughout game day on that, but it should be fun. At the end of the day, if you have a chance to get in the postseason in week 17, you're doing something right. So excited about that. But again, like Bump said, control what you can control. The New York Jets are something the Seahawks can control. So let's get back into that game with man up. Hey, who is this? Oh, is this? Man up man 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 up. Man up,
1: man up on Hawk Talk. All right, let's talk about some of these matches man you got mike white versus the seahawks defense but it's been a lot going on with the qb situation over there in new york for the jets um, the Jets situation has been brutal all season long You start the preseason with Zach Wilson. Then he hurts his knee. Joe Flacco comes in the first three games. He goes one and two. Then Zach Wilson returns. He took over the starting jobs and, uh, they were playing pretty good. At one point they won four in a row, five of, of seven. They had wins over the bills and the Dolphins. This is when we're starting to think, okay, these jets, they might be for real. Uh, but <laughs> not because of Zach Wilson, <laughs> he didn't play well, man. Uh, things came to a head after a 10 to three loss to the Patriots. Wilson was nine of 22 for that game for 77 yards. And he was asked by the media, like, did you let your defense down? This guy could not read the room. Mm. If he had an interpreter and all the resources (laughs) in the world, (laughs) he said, no, no, he did not let the defense down. Someone needs to teach his young man. You take all the bullets as the quarterback, man. So Wilson was bench Mike white. Starts next, and the Jets go one and two in the starts by Mike White, and the offense looked good, man. But Mike White, he broke some ribs against the Bills in Week 14, so Zach Wilson was back in the starting lineup. Then he struggled again; he gets benched in the third quarter, and then the Jack, excuse me, the the Jets go to Chris Streveler. Now Mike White is ready to go. Salah say left. We're gonna ride with this guy. So it it's been there's been no consistency in the Jets' play. There's been no consistency at the quarterback spot. Um, Like I mentioned before, I think we've seen the last of Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback for the Jets. So uh, they're moving forward and they're moving forward with Mike White. And the Jets players are behind Mike White. You see the shirts that they're wearing, supporting Mike White. There's something about his personality that they gravitate to. Zach's done in New York, man.
0: Yeah, and, and White's actually done. I mean, the games he has played, he's 80 for 129, 952 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, sack five times. QB rating of 85.8, which is the highest of all three quarterbacks that have started this year. So, yeah, I mean, they're playing well for him. I feel like it re-energized that team. You know, they played a close game against the Bills when he got the ribs broken. They lost that game by a touchdown, so they were in that game. You know, he balled out in the one game against the Bears. You can say what you want about that. But he has them them inspired. He has them, you know, feeling good about that offense. Jets are 21st in total offense, and they're 14th in pass offense, Seahawks, 29th in total defense and 17th against the pass. Now flipping over to our quarterback, who, if he ever made a mistake, which is very seldom, far in between, he's a dumb guy. Points it at himself, takes all kinds of ownership. That is an example for anyone out there. If you even if you even if it wasn't your fault, he's just a stand-up teammate, and, and that's Geno Smith as we get into this matchup. And Gino, you know, he's had a couple, a tough couple weeks, and not that he's played bad by any means. But he's played some tough competition. There's been a lot of pressure on him, you know, not just pressure figuratively, actual pressure from defensive right. line. Kansas City was all over him. The San Francisco was all over him as well. He was 25 of 40 for 215, one touchdown, one pick against the Chiefs. Playing without Tyler Lockett really hurt him. A lot of young guys playing. He was sacked twice and hit seven times. And he had a season-low 74.5 QB rating, you know. But despite all that, Geno, again, just like usual, still the NFL leader in completion percentage at 70%. 8th in passing, 4th in touchdowns, 5th in passer rating, 5th in QBR, thrown for 3,886 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. But bump. All that number stuff right now means nothing. Nothing. This game, we can say this. Gino won't say this. No one will say that because he's about his business. He's going to take care of business first. It's about the playoffs and all that jazz. But you're going against your former team as the starter, as the guy. This is the second time Gino has gone against his former team, but the last time was as a backup, as I mentioned in your history earlier. Now this is different. Both teams are playing for their, their playoff lives. You're going against a team that gave up on you, that didn't put you in a position to succeed, that kind of casted you and put you in a light as someone who can never be successful in this league, and you get your chance to take them out and their playoff hopes yeah. and bolster yours Woo. I as a, as a normal, I just hearing that just as a normal human, I, there's no, I'd be so jacked up. It'd be insane, but I'm not. It's a good thing. I don't play quarterback because Geno's calm, cool collected. They didn't write back, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, bump. I, I mean, it's going to be something that we're watching for sure.
1: Sometimes you be the Tyler Schmidt of quarterbacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you be ready to go banging your head against uh. the helmet. And here's the thing, too, man. Not only did the Jets give up on Gino, they gave up on Pete, too. So him, yeah. and him and Pete are like, look, hey, let's go there and let's do this. All right, another matchup we're looking at is Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter versus the Seahawks front seven. The Jets had a good thing going, man. I mentioned their draft class, and Brees Hall was a big part of that, the running back out of, out of uh, Iowa State. Man, he was having a great year, but then he tore his ACL, man. I'm um, sad to see. So then you got these other guys coming in, Michael Carter, And Donovan Knight and Knight is an undrafted running back out of North Carolina State and was promoted to the active roster after the injury to Hall Knight. So far this year has got 65 carries 251 and one touchdown. Michael Carter was a fourth rounder out of North Carolina. She got North Carolina State and you got North Carolina both represented. He's in the second season and he is the team leading rusher behind, of course, Brees Hall. So far this year, he's got 110 carries, 396 for yardage, and three touchdowns. The Jets are 24th in the NFL when it comes to rushing, averaging 104 yards per game. I don't expect the, these guys to be able to run the football at a high clip, but again, I've had to eat my words before. Right. The Seahawks played well last week, only allowing 77 yards on the ground, but you know the Jets are going to come out, and they are going to want to try to test these guys. The Hawks gave up 161 yards to the Bucks, 283 to the Raiders, 171 to the Rams, 223 to the Panthers, 170 to the Niners. That's an average of 201 yards per game in five weeks. That's not what you want to see, but like I mentioned, 77 last week. So I'm just going to ignore those other ones and yep, say, yep. this is the team the that we have today. 77 yards versus Chiefs. That's what I'm rolling with.
0: No question about it. You said it. Those guys cannot hurt you. Those guys cannot, if they can run the football, if they can possess the ball, that's going to be brutal, given the defense that we're going to get a little bit more into on the Jets side. But flipping to another matchup, we'll take it staying on their offense for the moment. Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Lodge Moore of the guys in the roster versus Seattle secondary and linebackers. So right now, you know, despite their inconsistent quarterback play, I'm actually pretty impressed with Garrett Wilson, man. You no, know, Garrett's done most of the damage at receiver, leading the team in receiving. Rookie out of Ohio State was the 10th overall pick, and he is not disappointed. 71 receptions, 996 yards, four touchdowns. Then after him, there's a big drop-off in production. Corey Davis, is the team's second-leading receiver, 28 receptions, 474, two touchdowns. Then you had Elijah Moore is their third-leading receiver. That tight end, Tyler Conklin, has also been used decently well, 50 receptions, 459, three touchdowns. The Seahawks secondary played really well against Kansas City. You know, holding Patrick Mahomes 224, holding them 24 points. And Tariq Willen in that game, he was in coverage on 33 snaps and was only targeted twice, allowed one receptions for six yards, had that one pass defended on a play where it looked like he was beat, he showed off that 4 2 speed, ran down there, batted that thing down. And Willen is still tied for the league lead in interceptions with six. This game could go a long way in deciding rookie of the year defensive rookie yeah. year against, you know, going up against that cornerback on the other side. I'm not going to say <laughs> his name at the beginning of this just to set it up because this man, Ahmed, I believe is his government name. He said, Jets Nation, just want to thank y'all for you're the reason I passed whoever was leading in Pro Bowl votes at the cornerback position. Just want to say I appreciate y'all for being the best fan base you could ask for, supporting me and my teammates. That somebody. Whoever was leading, that was Tariq Willin, man. No disrespect my dude like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And here's the thing. He came out this week. He was on their Jets podcast and he said, Hey, you know, Seattle fans, you gotta try to start something. Nothing's there, blah, blah, blah. Well, you started it, man. You put that out there for no reason. You know who Tariq is. I get it. You play in New York, you know what I'm saying? You were a top five pick out of Cincinnati. I get it. And I I spoke to Kobe Bryant earlier in the locker room today. He's a big fan of uh, of Ahmad Gardner. You know what I'm saying? You know, so. Seems like he's a good dude. Okay. But in the purpose of this right now, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about my guy Tariq. I'm worried about him balling out. I hope Tariq can get an interception because this will be a good game. They're not going up against each other on the field. This will be a good game if, if Tariq can get a pick or do something, he can continue to show his worth and the story he's been on because you know Sauce is probably gonna end up winning the award in all honesty. But yeah. Tariq Woolen has been right there all season long and deserves it just as much as Sauce. You know, but uh, so it'll be interesting. So bump. I want to see Tariq and Mike Jackson lock up Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis because that's a big matchup this week. And selfishly, I just want Tariq willing to get a bunch of picks and stuff to let everybody know he should be defensive rookie
1: of the year. Come on, man. If my guy can get one or two of them things, it'd be a real argument. I understand the the leaning towards sauce guard, man, he's a good football player, but he's wearing the wrong green this weekend. Let's hope Tariq does his thing. Another matchup, DK Metcalf. It sounds like Tyler Lockett might be there. He uh, did walkthroughs is what I'm hearing. Uh, Pete says he wasn't limited. Looks okay. So we shall see versus Sauce Gardner and former Seahawk DJ Reed. DK um, had a solid week against the Chiefs. He had seven receptions for 81 yards. He now set a single season career high when it comes to receptions with 86. His previous high was 83 back in 2020. And uh, now he has his second 1,000-yard receiving season as well. So big ups to DK for that. He passed Joey Galloway for uh, first place for the most receiving yards in the player's first four seasons in franchise history. He's got 4,175. And DK has passed John L. Williams for eighth place on Seattle's all-time receiving list with that number. On the year, like I mentioned, 86 receptions, 1,005, and six touchdowns. But the big storyline this week will be if DK will be joined by his teammate Tyler Lockett. He had surgery last week, reconnected his finger to his hand, is what it sounds like. This man was out there catching footballs at practice, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but we're gonna see a big matchup, man. Number four overall pick, Sauce Garner versus former Seahawk DJ Reed, who's having a good season too. Like yeah. Sauce gets a lot of the love, but DJ has had an excellent season so far this year. Sauce at 65 tackles, two interceptions, six passes, defended. He's played some good receivers. He's, he's played um, Jamar Chase, Diggs, Deontay Johnson. I mean, uh, the list goes on. Justin Jefferson. This guy is battle-tested. He's ready to go. He's been voted to the Pro Bowl. Um, he's allowed just one catch or fewer in half of his games this season. So this guy's legit. Like yeah. We're going to poke fun out of, him just, of at him just because he's on the other side. But this man can play football. No disrespect. This guy's ready to go. DJ Reed, on the other hand, 75 tackles, one intercession. 12 passes defended. Good for DJ, man. I really like this dude. We picked him up. He was, uh, he was injured when we picked him up from the 49ers. Yep. Brought him over. I believe he had a pec injury and had some good years for us, man. In two years in Seattle, DJ started 22 of 24 games. He had 140 tackles, four interceptions, 17 passes defended. And um, he signed a three-year, $33 million contract with the Jets. So happy for DJ and all the success that he's having. I respect Sauce and everything that he's doing there. But when it comes down to it, I ride with my guys, man. Let's get it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Sauce, you're right. He leads the league in passes defended as a rookie. You mentioned all those names of guys he's played against. No one has gone off on him. Similar to Tariq Woolen as well. Guys, in, to the point where he's getting some of that sherm treatment. People aren't throwing the ball his way. Yeah. But what I will say though, he's never gone against a physical specimen like DK Metcalf. Never seen it. You've seen DK Metcalf in the run game. Just watch him. Seahawks fans out there, if you're ever just watching a game, and it's a run play, especially on that first possession, because number 14 usually wants to set a message to the cornerback on the other side, and my man run blocks like a tight end. He is bullying corners. He's putting them on their back. Ask Marshawn Lattimore about that. You can ask Jalen Ramsey about it. DK is physical. I'm not sure Sauce is seen a guy with that kind of physicality so it'll be interesting to see i would love i would love for the first play to be a run bump i want the first play oh, to be man. run so dk can get out and just get after sauce and then let's go and see let's go and see you know what i'm saying dk goes up against 426 speed in practice every day i'm really interested i'd love to see you know dk beat him over the top for a touchdown maybe a couple you know what i'm saying let everybody know that hey our guys the one locking people up so it'll be a fun matchup either way i'm really looking forward to watching all the cornerbacks in this matchup because all of them can play, all of them play at a high level, but it's playoff football. We've been talking about it. The Seahawks need to win two games to get in, get a little bit of help, but it starts with what they can do. And we'll tell you how they get there with path to victory.
1: At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good. The Seahawks win. It's good.
0: It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Get things going early bump right off the jump. The Seahawks have played from behind in their last two games and it's been brutal. Not only have they played from behind the first like four or five possessions in both ballgames were all punts. They weren't doing much and it's hard to play good football when you're always from behind. I think they need to start fast. Gino needs to be the Gino we've seen for the majority of this season. Be aggressive, but take care of the football. He talked about that a lot a couple weeks ago. There's been a little bit too many turnovers as of late. The Seahawks need to take care of that thing and and start fast. Play from the lead so you can be dynamic defensively. So I just wanted to see him start fast and play with the lead to start the game. up.
1: Yeah, run that rock. Ken Walker needs touches. He needs at least 20 of those things. And uh, DK needs to have a moment. Let's have a moment against one of the best corners in the league, man. Show this guy how it's done. Make plays down the field. Intermediate quick game, all the stuff that DK does. Well, remember when he entered the league and no one thought he could do quick game. It was all just down the field stuff. This guy can do it all. So let's kill all that noise. You go after this young corner and then stop the run. The jets have not been able to run the football officially since breeze hall went down. Just make them be the guys who you think they are. Make Mike white beat you. If Mike white, goes out there and goes 35 or 40. I'll be extremely God. upset. Hit <laughs> this man where it hurts. That's in the ribs. Make Keep it legal though. Keep it legal.
0: Oh yeah, no. Here's the thing, man. If if that happens, bump our post game show is gonna be a sad story because we're gonna be all up in our feelings. <laughs> but it's not gonna happen. And defend home field, man. The Seahawks have lost three straight games at Lumen Field. That's got you know a couple years ago, that would be an absolutely you couldn't even fathom the Seahawks losing that many games at home. So they need to take care of business at home. I absolutely believe they can survive in advance. We're breaking it down. We've let you all the things, all the matchups, how this team can get a victory, and I really do believe it's possible. I think they might win this bump, but I'm going to go out and say it. Hot take. They're going to win by 10 plus. You already Let's hear first. Go. Hawks are going to win with 10 plus at home. Every game from here on out is a playoff game, so we'll be here with you through the end of the season. Remember, you can catch us everywhere Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SiriusXM, and more. Seahawks taking on the Jets this Sunday. 105 kickoff right there on the Seahawks Radio Network. It should be a fun one. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm NASA Chobi. We'll be talking to you on Monday, hopefully, about a Seahawks victory.